Good afternoon and welcome to the council, everybody. I'm your host, Charlie Pacello. And boy, do we have an amazing show for you today. I am so excited to have my guest today. It is going to be amazing. Amazing, amazing, amazing. I'm so thankful for each and every one of you that tune into the council every other week here at KUHS, The Stream. We are The Stream. We are rocking it here in Denver, Colorado, and uh, just transmitting all this beautiful music and messaging and information and love and healing all over this nation and all around the world. We're being listened to by at least 40 different countries across six continents. Thank you so much for tuning into the council and uh, KUHS. You know, we have some of the most uh, incredible people who have given their time, their skills, their talents and their efforts to give you the best that they have to bring hope and healing into your life. We have a diverse crew and, and trying to bring hope and healing to our nation, to our world, and to bring community together. I mean, that's what we do here at KUHS Denver The Stream. I also want to thank my uh, sponsorship here at Magic Financing, magicfinancing.com. If you need a used car or a new car, Go to them. Talk to Mago the Magician, the Maurizio. He's an old family friend of ours. He will take care of you if you need a new or used car. If you're struggling with finances or having a difficult time, they will help you to get a brand new or used car. Talk to them. Tell them that Charlie sent you, and uh, they will help you to get you the car of your dreams. Folks, um... One touch of nature makes the whole world kin. That all with one consent praise newborn gods, though they are made and molded of things past, and give to dust that is a little guilt, more laud than guilt overdusted. The present eye praises the present object. <laughs> oh my God, I love Shakespeare. I love, love, love Shakespeare. I have studied Shakespeare uh, for, oh my goodness, over 20 plus years, and... There is no one like the bard. <laughs> and uh, in, uh, in my time when I was studying acting and moving through uh, the theatrical arts, I had an amazing opportunity to go study in Oxford, England in 2005 uh, for a summer program uh, that was sponsored by the Balliol College uh, out there. And it was uh, 122 of us that went there and we got to immerse ourselves into the culture, into the history and, uh, and understand really how to connect to the language and, and the movement and the rhythm of it all. And it was just, it was an incredible experience. And I had this, uh, in, in addition to studying there, I had this opportunity to go to uh, London, the Globe Theatre, to watch uh, a play called Pericles. And the, head, the lead actor was a, is a guy named Sir Mark Rylance. And if you're familiar with his uh, as an actor, he's one, of the most, uh, he's one of the best actors in the world. And he illuminated to me how personal and how touching Shakespeare can be. That he brought Shakespeare down to a level where I was transported into another realm. A lot of the times you can feel the language is too lofty or too flowery or whatever. And he was able to bring it to uh, a, a way of expression that made it feel as if we were having ordinary dialogue. And I was so moved by the performance. I was standing in the yard, which uh, if any of you know, that's the area where uh, the, the cheap seats, but you stand for the whole time. And I was, I was enthralled. I was captivated. I was lost in the I was just lost in this world. I was moved to tears, and I, and I forgot that I had been standing there for three hours. I had been completely taken up by this this world, and that's when I realized, wow, acting is can be extraordinarily powerful. I was moved by the show. I carried it with me. I I, I couldn't forget about it. It changed me. It transformed me. And the power of theater is has been well documented, and we've talked about that on this show. A few times already, and but we've never had the opportunity quite yet until today to talk about it from the perspective of Shakespeare. Shakespeare is unparalleled in, in human history and his works 
that have lasted over 500 years, and we continue to be enthralled by his incredible uh, magic and wisdom and gifts, uh, and we are the, the beneficiaries of it today. And now there are those out there who are using the great bard's work, Shakespeare's work, to bring healing to our veterans and to others who are experiencing trauma, that there are lessons and ways that we can tap into it that enables us to be able to not only live in those worlds and in that magic, but to heal some of our deepest core soul wounds. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce to you to uh, our guest for today. Her name is Mary Jo McConnell. MJ is a proud veteran, having served as a captain in the United States Army Nurse Corps, specializing in neonatal intensive care. She is honored to offer free guided meditation classes to veterans on the Veterans Art Workshop online portal. She serves as a decruiter, using personal narrative and Shakespeare to promote healing in the veteran community, as well as a facilitator and program developer for Poetic Theater's Veteran Voices, where veterans and their family members craft and perform personal stories to ritualize and share the moral burden of war. She is currently an actor with three-plus decades of professional experience buoyed by an MFA in acting from American Conservatory Theater. You might have seen her perform in the Broadway national tours of The Phantom of the Opera, Disney's Beauty and the Beast, Sister Act, and All Shook Up, as well as creating over 50 roles in regional and off-Broadway theater. She co-wrote, produced, and starred in the short film Trumped, as well as her one-woman show, Captain MJ's Fantastic Adventure. On television, she appeared in One Life to Live, Masters of Sex, Pan Am, and loves working on New York City indie films. She is currently featured as Una, a Nazi bomb maker on a mission in Hunters on Amazon Prime. As a founding artist of New York's Musical Theater Theater Factory, she is a recipient of their inaugural Builders Award. MJ is a native New Yorker and thanks her husband, Broadway musician John Johnson, for being her pandemic podmate and home studio gaffer. Her website is www.maryjoemcconnell.com. That's maryjoemcconnell.com. Welcome to the council, Mary Jo. Thank you so much. I'm exhausted. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I've been busy. You have been busy. You've been really busy, which is fantastic. I mean, as a a fellow thespian and uh, actor, I just, I know the work that you have accomplished in your illustrious history and to do those national tours. I know how hard that is, what commitment that requires, what dedication and love of the cra- the craft. So uh, it is just an honor to meet you. So thank you for being here today. And thank you for having me, Charlie. <laughs> well, please let us, uh, let us know a little bit more about your background, uh, MJ, and, uh, and how you got into the arts and, and also why you joined the military. Yeah, well, I was um, studying nursing at New York University, and I had a calling. And it was a calling to join the military. Mm. And I believe it was to repay a debt of honor to this country for giving my father, who was an Irish immigrant, a better life. So I honored that calling, and um, I went ahead and uh, and I signed up. And so a few months after graduation, oh my gosh. So right after graduation, I went and did summer stock. My last hurrah. My recruiter came to see me do summer stock. (laughs) And I remember being in company housing when I got the phone call giving me my duty assignment. My first duty assignment was Fort Hood after I did um, basic training at BAMC in Fort Sam Houston. Mm. So it's just funny to me that I remember those moments. And I remember my recruiter showing me this book of pictures of bases 
really nice-looking bases. And they sent me to Fort Hood, and I'm, I'm very happy that I went there. But at Fort Hood, I watched Private Benjamin in the movie theater at Fort Hood, and her recruiter showed her the same pictures. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's incredible. Talk about synchronicity. I mean, that was kind of a... Uh... Showing you that you were on the right path. You, you, could, you could imagine my reaction sitting in that darkened theater on Fort Hood watching that happen. Wow. <laughs> wow. And how long were you in the military for? How many years? Uh, three years, uh -huh. two months, and 17 days. Wow. Wow. It's, and that's uh, very, it very shows how much the military influenced you because you remember the exact how many days and, you know, months and days are either included there. You know, we, we tend to be very uh, meticulous in those ways, I think, if we've experienced or have been in the service. So when you, uh, when you were in the service, what, uh, what was the biggest thing that you learned about yourself uh, while you were serving in the U.S. Army Nurses Corps? I would say that even though I loved being a nurse very much, that I couldn't deny my passion for performing. Mm. And I was incredibly fortunate. I was not deployed. Mm. And on each of the army bases where I served, there were theaters. Because theater was a huge morale support activity. Mm. Little did I know. So I was quite famous at Fort Hood. And I wound up, this is crazy. I have two army Tonys. All right, let me explain. <laughs> so, so the Tonys are, are, of course, an elite award given to uh, Broadway performers, designers, creators for their work. But the army had a competition um, run by Force, Forces Command. They sent judges all over the world to watch the shows being put on at bases all over the world. And so I was the recipient of a couple of Army Tonys. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> you know what, as, uh, as familiar as I am with uh, uh, you know, the awards shows and the things that uh, we have for to recognize great performances in, in the field, I never knew there was an Army Tony. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, it, and of course, the, the Army would never call it that. That's just, it's my little joke, you know, <laughs> as it were. So, uh, if, if I would ever be so fortunate, you know, to even be nominated for a Tony, it would be incredible. So yeah. this just, it was just this combination of worlds. And the, you know, the beautiful thing about doing theater in the military was there was no rank, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. We were all just there yeah. putting on a show. Yeah. And it, it was amazing just to feel that. I mean, we talk about camaraderie, of course, in the military, but the camaraderie doing military theater, uh, that's layered. Well, and the fact that you can uh, take off the accoutrements that we tend to don, you know, I think uh, both you and I were officers um, in the service, and that can stand as a way of... You know, you, you have a hierarchy and in theater, you need to take that off. You need to, to strip that down so that you can be able to express and create the characters and to, to move through the world without feeling like you have to, you know, I got to obey my commanding officer. I mean, it's a, I, that's wonderful that we were able to do that. Now, was that the reason why you, you left the military because of that desire to perform that you needed to perform again? It was, and, and I'm going to be perfectly frank here with both you and your audience. In my last uh, assignment, I had a couple of superior offices that I was quite disenchanted with. Mm. And so if I was on the precipice of making a decision, um, unfortunately having a couple of superiors who um, I felt didn't really serve the mission well mm -hmm. um, left me a little bit disenchanted. Mm. Um, but this this journey, this, this calling to be a performer, I, I, I just couldn't deny it any longer. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I left and um, I think it was, it was the wise decision for me. <laughs> well, it sounds like it. I mean, your career has been amazing. I mean, you have actually, I mean, that, that's what's like, you've had 
three plus decades of these national tours, these national Broadway tours of Beauty and the Beast and uh, the Phantom of the Opera and uh, all these different regional and Broadway theaters shows that you have done. Uh, wow, you're, you must be, I mean, to be able to live your passion. I mean, were you always drawn to acting? Were you always drawn to this, even when you were a little girl? I was. Mm -hmm. And when I went to summer camp, the nuns would always ask me if I was going to give my child, my voice to God. Mm -hmm. If wow. I was, yeah, yeah. So for a while, I thought I was going to be a missionary nun in Africa. Mm -hmm. You know. I moved. I moved forward from from. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it. it uh, we we do have the, that that those options that come available, but thankfully you didn't. <laughs> and I'm often cast a, as a nun. Uh, I, I, I <laughs> often say that the title of my memoir should be "Nuns and Nurses." It's not just black and white. <laughs> well, that's great. Um, so this leads me into asking you this question because you went through these so many different, you know, you, you thought you might be a nurse in Africa or you worked in the military, but there was always this calling that was leading you into a different direction. And you kept listening to it or resonating it. What is your life purpose? Your why? My why is to heal. Mm. And you might say, well, how does that happen through the arts? The arts is, is an empathy-based profession. Mm -hmm. And when I'm creating a character, I am learning to understand their life circumstances, what they've been through, how they feel in any given moment. And I believe that that empathy translates across the footlights and allows me to invite an audience member to perhaps see a character or a situation that they might not otherwise have understood. And I believe that that heart-centered work is, is important in, in healing. And nurses observe people, actors observe people. So I didn't find them disparate journeys at all. And I knew that I had a science brain and I knew that I had an artistic brain. And so somewhere in the middle um, came, came, came this being that you see before you now. Mm -hmm. No, I think that's, uh, it's so true what you say there, you know, learning, having come from the military world where everything was uh, very much about uh, mission-oriented, purpose-driven, uh, you know, let's get the objective and let's meet it. And it serves that purpose extraordinarily well. It's, it's you know. But when, uh, when I first got into acting, I was completely disconnected from my, uh, from my, my ability to emote, from my feelings. And I, the first scene I ever did, <laughs> I thought I was doing great because I had that military mindset, I'm going to do here and I'm going to go here and I'm going to and uh, the teacher, uh, and I love him, he's great. And uh, he says, Charlie, I love you, but I didn't get anything out of that. <laughs> and because I wasn't connected to that. And I had to learn how to be able to, to walk in other people's shoes, to feel other people, to think about life in different ways. And so creating a character uh, was such an enriching experience for me uh, as an actor. So... Now, what is the greatest challenge, MJ, that you feel that you've had to overcome and how this has influenced the way in which you work uh, with those who are struggling with PTS? Because we're going to start getting into uh, the, the work here that you do uh, with, with veterans and others. October 26th, 2014, I was a pedestrian crossing the street in Brooklyn and I was hit by a car. Oh. Wow. And I will never forget the, th the thud, the sound of my torso hitting the hood. Obviously, I'm fine. Um, but that left me with a broken leg and an actor with a broken leg 
Mm. Not going to be working. So I had to figure out how I was going to literally get back on my feet. Mm-hmm. And the way I got back on my feet was becoming embedded in three different community organizations in New York. They literally became my tripod. Mm-hmm. And it was Decruit, the Musical Theater Factory, and the Actors Green Room. So I was able to do work uh, to continue pursuing my craft, um, doing readings, um, being involved in um, the spiritual work of Create, which was part of the Actors Green Room, and which was the genesis of my becoming a guided meditation leader. Mm -hmm. And I was able to start to do Shakespeare with with Decrut. And it took me eight months um, to be able to be hireable um, because uh, I had a limp. Um, uh, so it, it took me a while before I was able to get back on stage and make a living again as an actor. But I would have to say that was my greatest challenge and that community saved me. Wow. What a story. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I had no idea. Uh, and when we're challenged like you were challenged, um, I mean, it, you have to dig deep. Uh, in order to be able to um, to overcome, and uh, it is a profound trauma which you went through, which I'm sure you know in, in infuses your work. It helps you to understand what other people who are going through trauma uh, and how important it is to be able to move through those emotions without getting triggered as well as feeling safe in their bodies to be able to do that. You know, it's critical in order for, for us to be able to learn how to, to, to make peace and, and find safety once again in our own bodies. Do you think that uh, storytelling is important for us? And as we work through those, um, those traumas, and how can the bard Good old Shakespeare. How can he help us to, to, to tell our story? First, I'm going to start with talking about the meter, iambic pentameter, mm. um, which is uh, the rhythm of the verse um, that Shakespeare employs, what would you say, 75% of the time? I mean, there is prose, but... 75% of the time there is this meter, this rhythm. And this rhythm, iambic pentameter, has five stressed beats in a line of verse. And that sounds like ba-bum, 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 ba-bum. A heartbeat. Mm-hmm. So just speaking the text, I think automatically aligns us with our bodies. So once that rhythm kind of pervades, then we get to explore this incredible poetic language. And I will say that in the face of trauma, imagination is one of the first things that goes offline. So the poetic language stimulates our imagination. And in the Decrut program, the personal narrative is is written. Mm-hmm. We Decrut, um, the genesis of Decrut is that we are recruited, um, but we're not decruited. Mm-hmm. Anyone who has served knows that we go through X amount of weeks of boot camp. Then we go through X amount of, week of weeks of special training. We're indoctrinated. Mm-hmm. And then when we leave... We sign on the bottom line, and it's, bye. So how do you adjust from being in an environment where you're wired for war into a civilian environment where you're not? So in Decrute, in in the program, which I should say also is is typically a seven-week program, involving 24 hours worth of training. 
one of the tools that we use besides the theater's medicine tools of grounding and breathing and observation without judgment is the writing of a personal narrative. Mm. And in that personal narrative, you write about the incident that most affects me. And that story is shared, supported by all those techniques, and supported by being in community. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then those symptoms and feelings that are identified in that personal narrative, they're matched algorithmically with a piece of Shakespearean text. Mm. And in that piece of Shakespearean text, the symptoms and feelings that you identified are mirrored in that piece of text. Wow. So when the veteran speaks their personal narrative and then immediately goes into a piece of, of, of Shakespeare, they're supported in community and it becomes a way of telling an old trauma in a new way and preventing the replay of an old reel. And also in the face of trauma, the primitive part of the brain often takes the lead, but the poetic language of Shakespeare activates the higher brain regions. Ooh, that is fantastic. That is fantastic. I, I just love it. And the way you have described that, I mean, I, it just, you know, it, it, it makes it uh, feel uh, exhilarating and, and exciting that I can, I can move through something without having to really, you know, recall that old tape that keeps me stuck and keeps me locked in that pain and I can't move through that. And I can't, I'm not gonna open that door, but this way gives me a way to open that door without having to go through that way. I can go in a completely different way. And then it's alighting different parts of the brain that enable me to create new neuronal networks that help me to change the way my brain functions. Rewire. To rewire the brain. Could you demonstrate that for us today? I would love for us, for people to give just a taste of the Decruder method, and that's spelled D-E-Cruder, C-R-U-I-T-E-R, the Decruder method, uh, just to show us how this all works. Yes, I'd be I'd be honored to. Um, and um, so, uh, just to be just to be clear, it's the Decruder method and as a proponent of the method, I am the decruder Got as it. opposed to the recruiter. My, right? my apologies, my apologies. No, no worries. And and um, one of the things that we offer in in our programming is it's an apology free zone. <laughs> okay, good. Well, that I'm uh, I'm 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 free of that apology. <laughs> Fantastic. I would like to point out before we begin that I, I am not a mental health professional and decrut is not therapy, but it is therapeutic. Mm. So as I had uh, st stated, typically the program is uh, seven weeks, 24 hours uh, worth of training and we're just tip, tip the iceberg here, here today. So um, First, I'm just going to go ahead and read um, Lady Percy uh, from Henry IV, Part One, just to invite your audience into the poetic world. world. And I'm going to ask your audience to just, just listen. Just take note of the words that resonate for you and, and the feelings that emerge. My work is not going to be performative. I'm going to be breathing after each line of text. And my goal is not to make sense of the text, but to be present in the moment and to have an experience. Mm. Love it, love it, let's do it. Oh my good Lord, why are you thus alone? Tell me, sweet Lord, what is it that takes from thee thy stomach, pleasure, and thy golden sleep? Why dost thou bend thine eyes upon the earth? and start so often when thou sitst alone. Why hast thou lost thy fresh blood in thy cheeks, and given my treasures and my rights of thee to thick-eyed musing and cursed melancholy? In thy faint slumbers I by thee have watched, and heard thee murmur tales of iron wars. Cry courage to the field, and thou hast talked of prisoners' ransom 
and of soldiers slain, and all the currents of a heady fight. Thy spirit within thee hath been so at war, and thus hath so bestirred thee in thy sleep, that beads of sweat have stood upon thy brow, like bubbles in a late disturbed stream. And in thy face, strange motions have appeared, such as we see when men restrain their breath on some great sudden hest. Oh, what portents are these? Some heavy business hath my Lord in hand, and I must know it, else he loves me not. And I will breathe and make eye contact with three objects in my room to bring me back to the present moment. And thank you for, for listening and to your audience for taking that in. It's beautiful. And now, Charlie, mm -hmm. I am going to invite you to participate. You have your copy of the speech ready to roll? I do. It's, it's right here in front of me. Yep. Fantastic. Before we even begin, I'm going to invite you to ground. Okay. Maybe feel your feet on the floor. Okay. Your toes spread mm -hmm. and the four corners of your feet making contact with the floor. And I'm going to invite you to breathe with me so that we arrive in the community space together. So it's going to be inhaling through the nose and exhaling through the mouth on ah. Together, inhale. <sighs> and now one more time, Charlie, and this time make any sound you want to make on the exhalation. Okay. Together, inhale. <sighs> now, Charlie, will you state your name for me and complete the phrase, I feel blank. Now, this is an observation without judgment, capturing a word, a phrase, or a sound that expresses how you feel in this moment. Off you go. I, Charlie Pacello, feel nervous in this moment. Thank you, Charlie. Thank you for being so vulnerable and having the courage um, in front of your audience to, to delve into this work. So now... I'm going to ask you to take a look at the final section of this speech, starting with thy spirit within thee hath been so at war. It is one, two, three, <clears throat> four, six, seven, about nine lines up from the bottom. Yep. Have you been able to locate that? I have. Fantastic. Now I'm going to ask you to breathe after each line of text. Inhale, say the line of text. Thy head, the line of text, yeah. Okay. Thy, thy spirit within thee hath been so at war, and thus hath so bestirred thee in thy sleep, that beads of sweat have stood upon thy brow, like bubbles in a late disturbed stream. And in thy face strange motions have appeared, such as we see when men restrain their breath on some great sudden hest. Oh, what portents are these? Some heavy business hath my Lord in hand. And I must know it, else he loves me not. Beautiful work. Take a deep breath, Charlie. Now once again, state your name and complete the phrase, I feel. My name is Charlie Pacello, and I feel more relaxed. Thank you, Charlie. Where do you feel that in your body? Where does relaxation manifest in your body? It manifests, if I'm, I'm feeling my body, 
it manifests in my torso. The nervousness, the anxiety, um, where I feel it is usually right around here in my, where my uh, sternum is, just underneath that. Whenever I'm nervous, <laughs> that's where I feel the butterflies. And so, um, when I'm doing something new, I'm always, that's where I feel it. And, uh, and now it, that, that has dissipated. So I'm feeling more relaxed in my, the easing of my diaphragm. Fantastic. Thank you for being so vulnerable and, and for sharing that with me and with your audience. Was that a different experience for you of speaking Shakespeare than from your schooling or your work in England? Yeah, it, uh, what was different was taking the moment to breathe into each line. So it was almost like I was taking another heartbeat in between the heartbeats. So that was different. That was new. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So now imagine doing this work um, in a room, whether it's virtual or in person, where you're supported by, you know, eight or ten other people. Um, imagine what it might feel like to have that energy oh. support this endeavor. Oh, my gosh. There is a, a sense of security and safety, which is so paramount, and, and connection, which is essential to community. And I think, for me, in regards to healing, uh, real deep healing, uh, we have to do it in community. And it's, it opens the doorway for us to be able to do that. And it's just that I could feel that just in reading those, that just those few words. Great. You, you've been mini decruited. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was fantastic. <laughs> that was fantastic. Um, and I, you know, and, and I, I wish that you didn't have to go on, you know, with the, with the show right now. I wish that you could just sit in this moment, yeah. you know, and, and really, really enjoy that. But I'm going to ask you to imprint this moment. And this is how I'm going to ask you to do it. By placing the tip of your tongue behind your upper front teeth along the gum ridge and taking a breath, closing your eyes, imprint this moment. And I can tell that it's there for you now, Charlie, whenever you want to recall it. I love it. Um, and yeah, there's a delicious sense of, of uh, just, um, I don't know how to put the, you know, that's when you know it's really make, manifesting in you, is that you don't have the words yet to be able to describe it. But it's a sensation that... Uh, has washed away that nervousness that I had felt in doing something new and doing it in front of a large live audience <laughs> and, uh, and the feeling that I have now. And, yeah, it's those delicious moments that uh, it takes doing exercises and activities like this that really help us to, like, wow, it feels so good to be alive. You know? And thank you, Charlie, for your trust. Um, because I, I know that you gave me your trust in, in doing this in a, in a very public way. So oh, thank you. Well, you're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for bringing this. This is fantastic. Um, as we move forward a little bit with, uh, with, uh, with the show, I, I, this brings me to the idea of how important the expressive arts can be for someone struggling to to find their purpose in life, their core mission, their uh, meaning. And a lot of times, veterans, when they're coming out, because they haven't been 
decrude it. You know, they haven't had that time to, you know, can the arts like theater help them to, to discover that within themselves? Yeah, I, I really believe that they can, and not just verbal arts, as in theater, mm -hmm. um, but um, uh, fine arts, um, putting your hands in some clay, you know, uh, taking a paper to pen and writing your words, um, dance, movement, any, any ex anything that allows you the freedom of self-expression. Yeah, and here's the beauty of it, in the military, right? It's do or die, right? We can't fail because if we fail, the chances are very high that someone's going to die. Yeah. Yep. But in these rooms and these artistic spaces, dare to fail. That's right. Yeah. Dare to fail, no apology, and in, in improv, and sometimes in improv, um, you know, sometimes you'll be given a, a series of steps that's kind of difficult to catalog, and you're trying to do the exercise, and you'll mess up on it, and you say, okay, take a bow, failure, woo! <laughs> and that gets it off, that, that, that discharges the energy, that discharges those, that... I did it wrong kind of a thing, which is such an important thing. We, ha we have to embrace failure sometimes in order to become who we were meant to become. Yeah, and we're social creatures. Yes. I mean, it's clearly evidenced in the pain of isolation we've all experienced during yeah. the pandemic. You know, um, getting in a room together, even if it's just a digital one, it allows us to share how we feel mm -hmm. and to validate that we're not alone. How many times have you been in a room when somebody says, wow, you feel like that too? Mm -hmm. And just how empowering that is. So the creative spaces like the one I help facilitate with Decruit, they give us permission mm -hmm. in a secure environment with support. That's brilliant. And I just wanted to point out one Jonathan Larson quote, uh, quote Jonathan Larson is the composer, uh, writer of Rent, the musical Rent. Mm -hmm. and, and his quote that I love is that the opposite of war isn't peace, it's creation. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yes. Yes, because it's the, it's the nature of life, it's destruction, creation. War is connected to destruction, creation is the expression, the extension, uh, the augmentation of life. Oh, wow. And I think you made a point, you know, you brought up the pandemic. Uh, I think this, this, this work will be for when we get, finally get out of it, it's going to help nurses and doctors and first responders and others that can, because they're, they're on the front lines of a lot of this stuff right now. Um, and, and, you know, I guess, you know, how have you navigated the pandemic and, and how do you see this work uh, benefiting some of, the, uh, of, of their experiences that they are having and going through right now? A hundred percent. Well, first of all, I'm, I'm writing a piece of persuasive journalism right now. Mm -hmm. That's the moral injury of called I've titled it the moral injury of pandemic nursing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So a lot of my sisters and brothers on the front lines have experienced tremendous betrayal by hospital administrations that weren't in position to be able to support them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We could go into this, this is, it, it's a whole nother, but I just want my brother and sister nurses and all everyone else on the front lines there to know that I see you, mm -hmm. I hear you, and, and I'm trying. And I also am developing Decrude Rx. Yeah. I want to take this work into the hospitals. Mm -hmm. And I am very grateful to the Biden administration that in the new bill, there's $40 million allocated for the mental health mm -hmm. of healthcare providers. They're going to so need it. Back to the Biden administration for that. Absolutely. And, and, and they're going to need it. There was a... A conference that I was attending recently, and uh, we got to hear from some of the nurses that are doing and just, you know, a lot of times we're so disconnected from what's happening to other people because it's not happening in front of our face. So we think it's not affecting other people. We don't know it. But then you see the, the, the actual nurses 
that are that are dealing with the death on a on a constant basis and the helplessness and being able to do it and how worn and how uh, it just breaks your heart and I just love the fact that you're taking this work to them uh, and because it's so beneficial I mean it's just being able to express that inexpressible part in a non-threatening way. Yeah, I'm not quite sure the mechanism or how I'm going to do it, but yeah. I'm, I just want people to know that that's what's in my mind and in my heart to do. Uh, MJ is beautiful. So beautiful. Thank you. You know, how important is, um, is establishing human connection? When we do theatrical arts like Shakespeare, um, Sometimes it could seem very distant, but how important is that? And how does that help us to facilitate that essential human need? Well, th well think, think about the earliest storytellers, right? Gathered around the fire, mm -hmm. right? At the end of the day of hunting, right? Those are the earliest storytellers. And think about what impacts you, what carries with you the stories from your family, right? That, that's what you remember. Mm -hmm. you, we remember things in story fashion, mm -hmm. or at least that's what's embedded in me, the stories. And sharing stories lets us just know that we're not alone, mm -hmm. that we need to tell these to make connection, and connection is important for our survival. Um, even as a nurse in, in neonatal intensive care, sometimes babies would come back to us with a diagnosis of failure to thrive oh, wow. because they didn't have sufficient connection, sufficient nurturing. Wow. So I, I believe that in an isolating pandemic like this, we can also have failure to thrive. And one of the reasons, that's one of the reasons why I co-founded the Veteran Arts Workshop online portal um, was that we knew, we knew that the veteran community can sometimes isolate and then you throw a pandemic on top of that. And we said, oh, no, 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 we've, we've got to get what we do going digitally. And so we founded this platform, a, a cohort of my incredible colleagues. And, uh, and we've been, uh, next, next week is our one-year anniversary of, of doing this work online. And it ranges from Decruit to um, Women Empowered, uh, Women Veterans Empowered. Um, they do a writing um, series. And, um, and I do guided meditation every week. So we're offering different things um, constantly um, to be able to meet the needs um, of our veteran population. And, and Women Veterans Empowered um, also offers uh, writing workshops to family members of veterans because we recognize that they are sometimes um, experiencing PTS um, from supporting um, their family members. So uh, we, we recognize um, that they need help too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oftentimes they can bear the brunt of it because the, the, you know, they have to live with the person who's suffering for, for day after day just because they're no longer on the front line of something. They have to see what the consequences are of that and so helping them out is brilliant you do these guided you just mentioned a guided meditation and um and that you do the work i was wondering if you could give a little taste of these meditations for us as we're co coming down to the end of the show here uh just to give a little taste so that people when we when we uh let them know where to go and where the portal's at uh, uh of these meditations that help for renewal uh, grounding and mindfulness. Uh, could you take us on that journey? Uh, I'd be honored to. I, I would normally take a lot longer with this, um, um, but I just once again invite everybody, including um, the audience who is watching, to breathe together in community, inhaling through the nose and exhaling through the mouth. On all together, inhale. Ah. <sighs> And one more time, second time, make any noise you want to make on the exhalation. Inhale, together, inhale. <sighs> and now, grounding. Whatever part of you is touching the floor or a chair, draw a line from your center through that part to connect you to the ground. I'm going to repeat those that prompt. 
Whatever part of you is touching the floor or a chair, draw a line from your center through that part to connect you to the ground. And now the energy of Mother Earth springs from the floor to surround your feet with vines, vines of support. Spring is here, those vines, gently, ever so gently, wrap around your feet, anchoring you to Mother Earth. And those vines, deliciously green, exuding oxygen, wrap their way around your limbs, your lower legs, your knees, your thighs, and now you are firmly anchored to the ground with the energy of Mother Earth. And take a deep breath. And now those vines continue. They wrap your hips. And they wrap gently, ever so gently, but beautifully around your sacrum, around your navel, around your solar plexus. And now they, those vines make their way to your chest, <laughs> where they are welcomed and where they give off incredible oxygen that you need to survive, to thrive, and take a deep breath. And with that oxygenation, your heart opens and you feel the rhythm of your heartbeat. And you connect with that rhythm and you are grateful for that life-giving blood that is circulating throughout you. And take a deep breath. And now those vines make their way up to your shoulders and they surround your shoulders and take away the weight of the world that often reside there. And the vines now hold up that weight and take a deep breath. And now those vines stay there, and leaves emerge. Leaves emerge along the side of your throat, just gently emerging and beckoning you to speak your truth, now that it is supported by the energy of Mother Earth. And take a deep breath. And now those leaves cradle your head, and they invite you to pay attention to your intuition. That spot is between your eyebrows, the third eye. Oh. And your intuition tells you that this is a time of renewal, this is a time of rebirth, and Mother Earth is here to support that. And take a deep breath. And now the leaves cradle your crown, the area of spirituality. And now the energy shoots out from the top of your head and you are connected from ground to sky. And all of a sudden, blooms emerge on the vines. What color are the blooms? Is there a scent associated with the blooms? Mm, how does that make you feel? It is springtime, a time for rebirth, a time for renewal. And take a deep breath. And now gently, ever so gently, begin to make movements with your fingers and your toes. And once you have done that, begin to rotate your wrists and ankles ever so gently. And with your eyes remaining closed or your gaze softened, I invite you to take your hands and create warmth between them by rubbing them together. And then once you have done that, place your hands cupped over your eyes. And once you have done that, open your eyes from behind your cupped hands. And when you are ready, remove your hands. Place one on your heart and one on your belly. And take a deep breath. Thank you for practicing with me today. Namaste. <laughs> Namaste. Wow. 
I'm sorry that, that you have to beautiful. continue being co-host right now, Charlie. <laughs> I know. It's like everybody, you know, I, 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 I just want Would you like me to finish the out, Charlie? <laughs> I'm just going to stay here and I'm going to be wrapped up in these vines and I'm going to feel really grounded and I'm really present and that was amazing. <laughs> That's it. We're done. No, that was incredible. Loved MJ. And you know what? I, I was. What's incredible too is we're right here at the spring equinox. So it's like we're giving a gift to people on this rebirth of the you know the new season the regenerative season that comes forth after a very very long winter and uh boy you know uh, i'm 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 so <laughs> I'm, I'm like jelly right now <laughs> Well, Charlie, I'd be I'd be happy if if this is the opportune moment to just kind of tell your your audience um, where they can find some of the things that I uh, that I am am doing. And yes, one of my I'm very active on Instagram. Uh, my Instagram is handle is my name Mary Jo McConnell. And in my bio on Instagram, there's a link tree. This beautiful little device that houses all of my exploits. <laughs> um, um, your audience is, is welcome to go there and, and they will actually get links to the organizations and the things that I am involved in. And failing that, if, if members of your audience are not fans of social media, media you can always um, visit my website, maryjoemcconnell.com. Everything is branded um, with my name. Mm -hmm. And I invite everyone to download my free guided meditation CD, which is a voice for healing. And it contains eight different thematic guided meditations and a ninth special one for nurses. Wow. All of that can be found on my website, maryjoemcconnell.com. Now, Veteran Voices is a program that I co-facilitate, and we are presenting veterans and their family members sharing their original stories on March 26th and March 30th at 7 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Please, please support these courageous artists. Again, those links are in my link tree in my Instagram bio. And um, I will do my best. I don't believe those links are in my website, but I'm going to get busy on that for those of you that aren't fans of social media. <laughs> and there are a few of us that are not and fans of social media. Right. And then the Veteran Arts Workshop online portal. Um, you, please, again, find the links. If you're a veteran, come check it out. Um, participate in everything that we do and offer. It's there for you. We welcome you. And uh, I'm in a series called Landing Home, uh, which is now on Amazon Prime that I'm proud to be part of. It follows the struggles and triumphs of a returning, a returning Iraqi war veteran. Wow. Oh, this has been an amazing show, MJ. I mean, we are just like, you know, following similar patterns, similar paths, helping our veterans, using theater. And it's just been such a such a joy to have you. I'm so glad that you joined us today on this show. I mean, and to share your gifts uh, with our audience. Thank you so much. Um, uh, really quick, folks, you are watching this and listening to this on the amazing platform of called KUHS Radio TV Denver. We are the stream broadcasting live here in the beautiful city of Denver, Colorado. And these beautiful mountains, we had, a, we had a snowstorm, we had a big blizzard here just a few days ago, but the snow is melting now, and uh, uh, we're broadcasting here uh, all across the nation, all around the world. I want to thank Henry and everybody who makes the magic happen behind the scenes that enables us to be able to bring these amazing people like MJTU every other week to give you the best information out there, the best tools, uh, the best stories about our shared collective human experience uh, as we gather together in a, uh, in a renewal and a rebirth of uh, ourselves, our world, and our energy. And uh, where are we going to go with it? You know? And so uh, tune in every other week here to the council here on KUHS Radio TV Denver. MJ. Uh, thank you so much. I always ask before we close out the show with my guests, I always ask um, if you could give one bit of advice, one bit of wisdom from your life experience, what would it be? I try to see the humanity in everyone and we need to heal one human interaction at a time. Mm -hmm. So true. 
So true. And it's when we can see each other as our humanity that allows that door to open. It's been an honor. Thank Thank you, Charlie. Thank you. Thank you. All right, folks, thank you so much for tuning in to the council. We are adjourned. But we will be back in two weeks. We've got a lineup of guests you don't want to miss. We've got some fantastic doctors, uh, other people who are doing uh, youth suicide prevention here in Colorado, and some other great uh, great guests that are coming on. Tune in uh, to the council here on KUHS Radio TV Denver. All right, folks, the council is adjourned. May you all be well. May you all be free of pain and suffering. May you all be whole. God bless. We'll see you soon. Extremo, extremo.